You're listening to the Kansas State Department of Education Insight Podcast, where we bring you conversations and information on our vision to lead the world and the success of each student. Welcome back to Episode 2. Thanks for tuning in to Episode 2. I'm Randy Watson, Commissioner of Education, and we're glad that you tuned in and, uh, and that you join us for our episode. You know, when you do episode one, you're always hoping there will be an episode two, and we've made it. We've doubled our output already. Thanks to all of you that listened to episode one. And for those of you that are new, new subscribers to uh, our podcast, we uh, hope that you go back and listen to episode one. Welcome to episode two. And uh, I just want to kind of get you up to date on all things current, things just happening right now. And then we're going to turn our attention that this episode is really going to be Welcome Back to School, Kansas. But before we get in on Welcome Back to School, let's talk about the hit of the summer. Nope, wasn't the Royals. I, I wanted it to be the Royals, but wasn't the Royals. It was the Sunflower Summer Program. We ran that from July 1 to August 15th, and well over 60,000 families in Kansas attended one uh, or more of the over 70 venues that we had in our state uh, to free take their kids. So zoos and libraries and parks and wildlife, places like the Cosmosphere and Exploration Centers, just all kinds of great places. So thank you for everyone that that did that. I know a lot of you are saying, hey, we're going to do this again next year. We're going to look at it. And, uh, you know, we, we may not have the money to do, but we're certainly going to share that with the governor and the legislature and see what we can do. Also, recently, hot off the press, wanted you to know, State Board just recognized four Kansas schools as part of the Kansans Can Best Practice Awards for their child nutrition program. So we know that healthy eating and uh, healthy living in terms of physical activity for young people are vital when we look at the uh, overall success of them. So we want to say congratulations once again to the food service programs and uh, the directors and the professionals from USD 320 in Wamego, USD 312 in Haven, also Southern Lyon County in USD 252, and uh, from the Child Care Links, Beth Carlson and that staff uh, during those times. So congratulations again. To, uh, to all those food service programs uh, for being recognized as outstanding. Speaking of outstanding, again, part of the recent news, middle school students from Seaman High School um, just shared with the State Board a project uh, that at, at Seaman Middle School that was selected by the National Women's History Museum uh, to be featured in, in a virtual showcase. And so... Shout out to Emma Nord, Emily Payne, and Miley Propolish. Um, hope I, uh, Miley, I probably butchered that name, so I uh, uh, apologize for that. But they did a, a unique performance called Hedy Lamar, More Than Just a Pretty Face. I'm not even going to give it away. You ought to go check it out. You can Google that and see their remarkable presentation. So congratulations to our Food Service Award winners and to Seaman Middle School, and to Emma, Emily, and Miley, and the teachers 
uh, and staff that worked with them. Congratulations, congratulations. And before we get into the welcome back, did you hear? Kansans Can Success Tour. We've already been to 16 cities, just about to head out to another 16. Maybe by the time you hear this, we will already be out among another 16. We're headed to 50 total cities across Kansas to hear from you. So please come to our website, look up Kansans Can Success Tour, find the date, location where we'll be near you. Hopefully you can make that. If you can't, we're going to be in town probably no more than 30 or 40 miles away from you in another location. Come there. But we need your input. It's been uh, highly successful so far. We had over 800 voices that we heard in our first uh, 14 sites, and we're looking forward to the sites that we'll be uh, doing here in the future. We'll be wrapping that up by uh, early September, so come out and join us. And now, episode two, Welcome Back to School, Kansas. First of all, that's just what I wanted to mention to you. Welcome back to school. The excitement, the excitement, every kindergartner will be having of running into the school as fast as they can. Now, mom and dad, I know you're a little bit less excited about that. Some tears about maybe your oldest or your youngest getting ready for school. My baby's grown up, but they're excited. They're ready to roll. Seniors are excited. It's, you know, their last year, the class of 22, and it's just going to be a great year. But we know there's also going to be challenges throughout this year, both within academic and maybe within some things that are outside of our control. What we really want to focus on uh, throughout this school year is making sure that while we have a great school year, that we're being kind to each other, we're being generous with each other, that we're taking the time to listen to each other, and really making sure that all of our schools are successful for this year and beyond. So can't, can't wait to see all of you in schools. And we want to check in with a couple of our important programs that, uh, that play a role in, in making sure kids are uh, great with nutrition and on safety. And we already mentioned our child nutrition and wellness programs and, and those uh, outstanding programs that we recognize. But again, this year, all Kansas students can receive free breakfast and lunch. It was true last year. It's true this year. And we can learn a little bit more about those successful programs from a rock star director we have here in the agency, Cheryl Johnson, our director of child nutrition and wellness. Cheryl, thanks for joining us today. Just talk a little bit to our listeners about the importance of school nutrition and wellness, both at the breakfast side and the lunch side. You are right. All Kansas students can receive a free breakfast and lunch through the National School Lunch Program each school day in the entire 2021-22 school year. The United States Department of Agriculture continues to be committed to providing safe, healthy meals free of charge to children as the COVID-19 pandemic continues to threaten food and nutrition security of our most vulnerable. By providing free meals um, to all students, it eliminates the need to collect meal payments. This speeds up the service of meals and also reduces the contact and potential exposure to COVID-19. The free school meals are safe, 
they're nutritious, they're delicious, and they really can help extend the family food budgets too. I also want to extend appreciation to all of the Kansas school nutrition professionals who are working so hard day in and day out. We just really appreciate their dedication to feed students healthy meals. Really appreciate your work, all of your staff work, and I know, as you've just said, you appreciate the work that's going on in the field as we serve record numbers of kids, both breakfast and lunch, and make sure that, if, if nothing else, those are two really nutritious meals during the day. Also, school buses are an important part of getting kids to school, and we have some safety tips with our school bus safety director, Keith Dryling. Keith, let's talk about school bus safety, the campaign uh, as, that we need to make sure everyone knows about, things that we need to remember as we head back to school, what to do if you see that stop arm out, how we can keep kids safe on, on the bus. These school buses are transporting our most precious commodity, our children, and we really need to be very cognizant of, of their safety. Uh, the motoring public, uh, they haven't seen school buses, you know, for several months now with summer vacation. Even though that school bus is 70 times safer than any other vehicle out there on the roadway, we still need parents to, and the other motoring public out there to be aware of the dangers. The biggest danger for the students comes when that school bus stops and it is loading and unloading. This is the most dangerous time for those children. First off, we want to make sure that the motoring public knows that when those eight-way red lights, the flashing red lights on the front and rear bulkhead of the bus come on and the stop curve comes out, traffic is required to stop from both directions. Makes no difference whether it's a four-lane street, three lanes. If the street is equipped with what they call a shared left turn lane, that does not exempt the motoring public from stopping. The only time the motoring public is not required to stop from the opposing direction is if it is a divided highway. And when we use the term divided highway, we were talking about a raised median or a grass median. Otherwise, it makes no difference how many lanes of traffic there are. All traffic is required to stop unless it is a divided highway. And, and like, say, on a divided highway, it would be the vehicles that are approaching the bus from the rear. But how about the stop on red, kids ahead? Can you talk a little bit about that? This is something that we started a couple of years ago. And it, as a result of the number of violations that we have on our one-day count, every year we do a one-day one stop arm count. We average somewhere in the neighborhood of 1,000 violations a day. That's 1,000 violations a day. Last year we had 240 districts that reported. We had 3,355 buses. And those buses observed 912 violations in just one day. The year before, we had 1,021. The year before that, we had 1,002 violations. And this campaign, like I say, is just an effort to, to help the motoring public understand that we are talking about the safety of the kids. We, uh, we have a number of posters that are available that you'll see displayed. We have bumper stickers on the rear of the school buses to help the motoring public bring attention to the fact that the school bus makes frequent stops. And when it does stop and those lights come on, students are getting on and off that bus. Thanks, Keith. That was great information, and we're really glad that you were able to be with us today to provide it for all, all of our listeners. 
Thank you, Commissioner Watson, for giving me this chance to address this important issue. We'll have some information about Stop on Red Kids Ahead on our website. You can go to ksde.org. So, ah, things. Child nutrition and wellness, we talked about. Bus, transportation, and safety. Now, we would like to hear from some educators. We would like for educators comment on what did we learn about the pandemic? During the pandemic, we had to shift. We had to be online sometimes. We were doing hybrid schedules. We had to rethink how we would do projects. We were in person a lot, and then we had to have quarantines. So there was a lot of learning staff did in the last year and that they're going to bring forward. They're better educators because of that hardship that we went through in the last year and a half. And so it's going to be great as we hear some of those stories from the field uh, from teachers, administrators, and others that we've collected uh, that talk about lessons learned that they're going to take forward forever. So let's listen to a few of those. My name is Lindsay Bauer, and I am an English 11 teacher at Turner High School in Turner USD 202. In teaching through the pandemic, I learned just how important school is to so many of our students. It is more than just a building in which to be educated. It is a place that provides them consistency, stability, warmth, safety, inclusion, etc. And I think the students really came to recognize that as well. I had many tell me how much they missed the normalcy of school. And so I think that we've all kind of gained a new appreciation for coming to school every day. And I hope to use that in my teaching this year to really focus on fostering that sense of community in my classroom and making sure that school continues to be a place that students look to um, with a positive mindset. My name is Carrie Conover, and I am a journalism and photography teacher at Andover High School, USD 385. I learned throughout the pandemic that students have a real capacity for understanding the bigger picture that you are trying to teach. I realize now over the last 10 years that I've built this curriculum that really has a lot of little things, a lot of little ideas in it, lots of technical things in particular about photography and Photoshop. And sure, students would take my class and by the end of the class, they would really have chops. I mean, they could work their way around a computer, a camera, etc. But I think now I've got this real recalibrated approach toward just thinking big and thinking more just sort of soaring in terms of, you know, what's the importance of what we do as photographers? You know, what is the nature of our inquiry? You know, I just really think that uh, I've just gotten away so long doing little technical projects. And now I really want to dive in and do, you know, more in-depth projects with them. My name is John Candon, and I'm the principal at Park Elementary School, uh, USD 405 in Lyons. What I learned uh, during the pandemic uh, in my position was to give grace and empathy readily. Um, through the pandemic, we were able to see and hear and listen to our kids learn in a new way, in a different way. But more importantly, we, for our teachers and I, we were able to see inside our kids' homes and see what things were like for them and to get a real understanding of what their lives were like at home 
And it made me think and then apply how I can give grace to people, even when it seems least deserving. Um, and and sometimes that's hard because we have perceptions and uh, of of people and and what they think and what they believe and and really what it comes back down to is um, for me to be the leader that I need to be is to give that opportunity readily. So uh, how I look forward to carrying that on for this year is to just continue to be a um, to be a merchant of hope and a giver of grace and uh, empathy. Um, I may not understand the position or what happened, um, but I am willing to listen and be there and, and thankful that they've told me. My name is Samantha McCary, and I am a seventh grade math and science teacher at Liberty Memorial Central Middle School, USD 497. I learned to set boundaries for myself specifically between my teaching life and personal life during the pandemic. I do this by limiting time working outside of my contract hours and using every last minute during my planned time in an efficient manner. This is always the goal, sometimes I don't meet it. Collaborating with my colleagues also helps dividing and conquering and realizing that my to-do list will never be done. So I must take care of myself physically and mentally in order to be the best teacher for my students because they deserve it and I deserve it too. My name is Jennifer Mayhan and I'm a technology integration specialist and a kindergarten through fifth grade STEM teacher at East Elementary School at USD 109. I think over the last year, I've learned that teaching during a pandemic is hard. The past school year and even the start of this school year is like nothing I've ever experienced. I feel that teachers are resilient and really had to be innovative and redesign the way they have been teaching. For me personally, I've always been an early adopter for technology and always trying something new and just trying to be innovative. But for my district as a whole, I saw a lot of educators teaching methods greatly improve or change in the area of technology. I have noticed a shift towards giving students a choice in how they show teachers what they know. I see educators switching to innovative, meaningful technology with student-centered learning. And I really see that continuing over the next school year as well. Wasn't that outstanding as we, as we heard from those educators? The best and the brightest teachers are right here in Kansas schools, and we're grateful for them every day. That's the end of episode two, and we're so glad that you joined us. But we want to make sure that you tune in next month uh, because episode three is going to be about a task force that I set up a few months ago to study graduation requirements uh, for graduation in Kansas. That work has been taking place over the last couple months, and we're going to be talking to some people on that committee and also things that are going on on that committee, some of the topics. You won't want to miss that. That'll be coming up in episode three. But until then, congratulations to everyone on starting a great school year in, in 2021-22. I can't wait to get out and be out in many of the schools throughout the year. And thanks for tuning in to episode two.